Welcome to Rise and Thrive, a segment of the Unyielded Podcast. I am your host, Bobby Kaler. These short segments are meant to be fuel for you, for your week, and for your life. If you are finding value in these, and if you haven't done so already, make sure that you hit that subscribe button so that you never miss another episode. Today is a, an anniversary of sorts for me. 20 years ago today, the alarm clock woke me up so I could go to my networking meeting. I got my feet on the floor and I walked to the foot of the bed before sitting back down to rest for a few minutes before making the, what seemed like a, a long trek into the master bath, which was only a few feet away. Once I made it to the, uh, the master bath, I pulled the kitchen stool over to the vanity so that I could sit down while I brushed my teeth. Over the last several months, this had become my habit because I was often too tired to stand up long enough to brush my teeth. I leaned on the vanity counter so that all my weight was supported on my elbows. At some point over the last several months, that had become my habit as I was often too tired to be able to sit upright without somehow supporting myself. From that point, all I had to do is put the toothpaste on my toothbrush, raise my forearm, and I could brush my teeth. So on that morning, I put my toothpaste on my toothbrush, and then nothing. I could no longer raise my forearm to brush my teeth. And I remember sitting there for, I don't know, several minutes, staring at my arm, trying to get it to move. But I couldn't. That began a 10-year journey. It took me 18 months to find a doctor who knew what was going on and who could help. After nearly two years of treatment with that doctor, Rick and I moved back to Chicago and we found another doctor. And I had an appointment with that new doctor and he had me do another round of tests. And I'll never forget the day that we got those results back. I was sitting in his office and he was looking at the results Then he looked at me, then he looked back at the results, and finally he said, well, we're going to have to do these tests again. And I said, why? And he said, well, because the results can't be right. And again, I said, why? How do you know that? And he said, because if these are right, you'd be dead. We did the tests again, and the results came back exactly the same. At that point, he said, well, I don't understand how you're still alive, but you are. And now we know our starting place. It took a year, but one year after that, my results finally came back normal, nearly five years into this journey. But this might have been the scariest day of the whole journey, because even though my test results were normal, which meant I was no longer sick, I realized that that didn't mean that I was healthy. I had lost all of my strength, all of my stamina, my endurance. I could barely go for walks. I I couldn't play any of the sports that I had once loved. I couldn't lift weights. And that began a new segment of the journey, regaining my real health and fitness. And I call that like part two of the journey. And it was a, a slow and painful process. It started with walking to the end of the driveway, which was about, I don't know, 20 to 30 feet, not very long. 
And from there, it was walk to the end of the block, which was, I think, four houses away. And I'd have to sit on the curb to rest before walking back home. But every day, I kept walking. And when I felt strong enough, I'd add in more distance, even as little as like one or two more steps. But it was a sign that I was getting stronger. And eventually, you know, months later, I made it up to a mile. And that was amazing. You know, although at times it could also become discouraging, but I couldn't become discouraged. I couldn't allow that to become a permanent state. I had to remind myself, you know, often I had to remind myself that this was just my starting place. It would not determine where I could go. And I kept saying to myself, you are an athlete. And I often had to remind myself not to compare myself to others who, you know, might run by me. They didn't have my starting place. They were not on my journey. They had not experienced what I had experienced. I had to remind myself not to compare my current performance to the athlete that I once was. That was a trap. It didn't matter what I was able to do in the past. The only thing that mattered was what was I willing to do today? I don't think that I can adequately describe the painstaking nature of this portion of the journey, the second five years. All I knew, I mean, just all I knew was that I couldn't focus on the hole that I was in. I had to trust that I was doing the right things to get out of it. And I had to relentlessly focus on my progress, no matter how small that progress was. I mean, I had a relentless focus on that. Even if I could only take two steps more today than I could the day before, I had to focus on that progress. In 2010, I took up cross-country skiing and road cycling. And at the time, uh, I skied only the flat areas and only for a very short amount of time. I don't know, 20 minutes, maybe 30 minutes. And it was exhausting. But I loved being out there. I loved being out there on the trails. And as for biking, oh my goodness, I will never, ever forget my first bike ride when we moved to Vail, Colorado. I made it, uh, it was just about a mile. I think it was slightly less than a mile. I had to stop and get off the bike and sit down. My legs were shaking, like they were shaking so bad. And I was so tired. I was almost nauseated from the effort. But I loved being out there. And I made it back home. Thank goodness, because that was mostly downhill. And it took me about two days to recover from that, you know, mile bike ride. But all I could think about was, when can I get out there again? And, and in both sports, both cross-country skiing and biking, I kept getting out there. And I slowly kept adding distance. But I kept having fun. And I also kept managing my expectations of myself. And that was really important. In 2013, on the 10-year anniversary of my collapse, I had this wild hair idea that I could cycle to the top of Vale Pass in the summer as a way to celebrate becoming an athlete again. And I trained for it. I read about the route. I was nervous. You know, what if I didn't make it? But I told myself, hey, even if you don't make it at the top, you're going to make it farther than you would have 10 years ago. So what do you have to lose? So on July 4th, I woke up and I thought, Okay, today's the day. Today is the day. We loaded up the bikes. We drove to the starting point. I was nervous and excited and all at the same time. And I kept thinking, whatever you do today, 
It's a victory. In cycling, when, when the mountains get really steep, there's a saying, just keep the pedals moving. And that was my mantra for the day. Keep the pedals moving. You know, there were times like there are three really wicked, wicked switchbacks on the route and they're hard. And it's like, and I just kept telling myself, keep the pedals moving, keep the pedals moving. And I got to the very last switchback before getting to the top. And it's the hardest of all of them, of course. But I'm like, just keep those pedals moving, keep those pedals moving. And I made it through the switchback and I, and I could see the top and Rick was standing there along with someone else you know, ready to cheer me on. And, and I just thought, just keep those pedals moving, man, just keep them moving. And when I made it to the top and I stood on the top of Vail Mountain, I just wept. Not, not because of the effort of that day, but because of the painstaking, consistent, mundane effort of 10 years. And also because it was just so damn beautiful up there. I can't even tell you how beautiful that view is and to know that I had ridden a bike to the top of that mountain when I'd been told I'd never be an athlete again. Oh my goodness. I cannot even begin to describe the experience or how I felt. And now 10 years later, I've cycled many, many more mountain passes and some of them, well, many of them way harder than Vail Pass. And I ski for, I don't know, a couple hours at a time and for miles at a time. I climb the mountains that used to scare me when I first started skiing. I was 37 when I got sick. And now at 57, I can honestly say that I'm far more fit and I'm stronger than I have ever been in my entire life, even before getting sick. And I'm sharing this with you all today because I want to encourage you. No matter what mountain or challenge you may be facing, you can conquer it. It may take days, months, or years, but the key is to start. You can't change anything if you don't start. And you can start with the smallest action imaginable. I'm now cycling mountain passes, and I started by walking to the end of a 30-foot driveway. Your dreams are not out of reach. They just need you to walk towards them. So what if it takes you 10 years to reach them? In 10 years, you will be 10 years older either way. Where do you want to be then? Whatever your dream is, you can do it. Just keep the pedals moving. <laughs>